Hello and welcome to the Cruel Summer Podcast. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. Welcome back. I'm talking about episode two of Cruel Summer, A Smashing Good Time. Written by Burt Royal, again, directed by Bill Purple. I believe there's another Purple who's a producer Michelle? on the show. Yeah. Yeah, Michelle Purple and Jessica Biel are producers. Also aired April 20th. So this was like a second part of a finale or of a, I mean, a premiere kind of. Yeah, yeah, aired back to back. And uh, I like it. I like the, I like you got like the Jeanette pilot and the Kate pilot. I know it's, it's, it's interesting. It's like half a pilot uh, combined into one. Um, yeah. This episode, I mean, the end of the first episode there, that was the you have my curiosity. The end of this episode is now you have my attention. Yeah, yeah. Um, some well, fa- and, fantastic work from Olivia Holt in this episode. Oh yeah, I I, I love Kiara Aurelia, as I feel like I illuminated somewhat in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Olivia we got the Holt. Message. Yeah, I think she's really like um, what's the term in baseball? The the person who like brings it home, batting cleanup, batting cleanup. Thank you. Mm-hmm. She's Sports the metaphors. I'm not great at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, found out via Instagram that Kiara Aurelia is the granddaughter of a guy named Tony Travis, who's a Actors in movies like The Beatniks from 1959, which was uh, famously on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, in it, he sung a song called Sideburns Don't Need Your Sympathy, which is, I watched it on YouTube. It's hilarious. All right. That's really in the weeds. Cool. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the audience for this podcast is. I don't know if it's teenagers. I don't know what the audience of the show is. Is it like a teen show? Really? I mean, it's on free forums. I think it's marketed to teens. I mean, I think Kiara Aurelia and Olivia Holt are both popular with the youths. Uh, we, I mean, uh, we did get quite a few forms? reviews, so apparently somebody's listening to our podcast. Oh, cool. I guess free forums definitely also kind of skewering older with like the, the bold types and the, the bad troubles and what have you. I guess I can't really claim to have my finger much on the pulse of their network. I'm not even really sure why they exist anymore, but this show's good. So it's good that they do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we get into his fashion good time, do a little little fu, a little follow up. Um, <laughs> so I, this is some some tweets we got, and we may have tweeted back on Twitter about this, but why not share it with everyone? Um, Mike uh, just wanted to remind us of the fact that Jeanette is uh, Addison, the young Addison Derringer from uh, PLL, which is uh, which this, I appreciate since I pointed yeah. that out like two weeks ago on Twitter. But thank okay. you, Mike, well, for the pod, you know. Not, not uh, so just to clarify she is the one that uh uh hannah basically tells uh you know you clean your shit up because bitches get buried in rosewood mm-hmm. yeah yeah nice uh, that kiara Aurelia, to be more specific plays addison so a nice little connection there between pll mm-hmm. uh and cruel summer there i don't know this episode reminded me of certain pll episodes for sure um also uh some hair notes from Demi, friend of the pod um, so the style of Jeanette's hair, I think I described it as curly. It's this would be more what's known as crimped. I don't know if you remember crimping irons from back in the day, but uh, yeah, I that just it seems like it would hurt your hair. I guess your hair doesn't have feelings. Um, and then mm-hmm. Vincent, uh, he kind of has braids apparently in '94, but they're kind of turning into locks by the time he gets to '95. So we can kind yes. of chart his hair progress there. And apparently that this was uh, pulled off pretty well on the show to kind of show the progress. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. That's been your hair update. Mm-hmm. What do you feel? I saw some 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 Reddit Nani talk about uh, the 1995 wig for Jeanette. Do you think it's bad? I I don't know, man. I don't. It, it wigs are one of those things I really don't care that much. Like 
if it shows bad, I'm probably going to make fun of the wig. But if it shows good and the wig is noticeable, I don't really care. You know, the worst example of a wig to me. Okay, let's start. It's like accents for me. What a huge nerd I am. Mm -hmm. The worst wig to me ever is the uh, reshoots wig. Or for Obi Wan, for, for Obi Wan and Phantom yeah. Menace, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's noticeable, but like, I don't really care. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Clearly, he's got a wig on, but yeah. followed by what's her name's wig in? Is it season two, season three of Veronica Mars in the college years? Oh, when the, maybe when the one lady's had her like head right. shaved, mm-hmm. and it's like that's not a shaved head. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, I know you. Uh, you tweeted out for questions. Did you get any? uh okay so yeah got a question from kayla uh did you guys love kate's scream at the end as much as i did yes the answer is yes Mm -hmm. uh who was in the truck watching kate dance huge question i have a bunch of questions at the end of this episode but that's definitely one of them good job kayla yeah let me just like copy that down in my notes at the end of the episode because that is indeed a very good question Mm -hmm. uh whose version of events is true joy let's talk about these at the end these are good questions from kayla all right because i have a couple and i'm sure you do as well yeah and before we get into it, um, I, I see this like this comes up seemingly every week on the Cruel Summer subreddit, which I'm not super active on really at all. I just kind of dip in occasionally. Like a lot of the theories that people are generating about the show involve this idea that it, perhaps Kate, at least at first, went willingly with Martin, and and that you know ultimately resulted in her you know uh, kidnapping and whatnot. And I, I think it's just it's important to note just right up front, so there's no confusion, like that doesn't make Kate like less of a victim. If at first Mm. she went willingly, like it doesn't make her to blame for a situation or anything like that. Like, so if we're speculating about this, I just want to be clear. We're not suggesting that she's like consulting or or, I'm sorry, consenting Consenting. or uh, culpable in any way. Um, It's we're we're just, you know, it's, it seems like the show in this episode, for instance, may suggest that they had some sort of relationship, possibly romantic, possibly not maybe just like a friendship or something. That doesn't mean she's like, not the victim. Right. Okay. Yeah. And the, Disclaimer he's not, yeah. He's, a, he's not a predator, which yeah. is, I think it's important that, and I almost think it's a spoilery issue in some regards, but like when the show changes the warning at the beginning to start include the word grooming, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So shall we start? Let's get into a smashing good time. It is uh, June 26th, which is like about five four or five days later the last episode is june 21st actually real quick just uh, i thought from the previous one i keep thinking more about jeanette like fetishizing the i hope you rotten hell thing over and over mm-hmm. again which she keeps rewinding mm-hmm. i kind of wondered like do you feel like she idolizes kate so much that even her telling her off is enticing i don't know if enticing would be the right word but i think it's but probably you know hard I mean. it's, it's probably it, i'm sure it fucks her up to, to hear that from kate but like when you have like a like a like a cut in the inside your mm-hmm. mouth and your tongue just keeps going there, you know what I mean? I can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 1993, we start with Tiger Traps, you and me. There's some workout leotards. Uh, there's Joy. What do you think about Joy? Joy seems like she sucks. I also feel like I don't know. I, I'm sure some people have this accent. The accent comes on pretty thick for me. The uh, Texan accent. By the way, one of our reviews is very upset with you for uh, making fun of Texas. So whoops. You know, apologize. Um, I feel like this is maybe authentic to some of the Texas stuff. I, I'm, like, I'm not saying it's inaccurate. It's just it's 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 there. It's real thick and noticeable, and I, I feel like it's at least somewhat coded in a this lady sucks. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, I think Andrea Anders is great at playing this character. 
Um, and I keep, I keep wondering though, like from other shows, are we supposed to, at a certain point, like like Joy? You know I what I mean? Like, it, I don't know. I mean, not not in this episode. <laughs> you know, yeah. if we're discussing this one, I don't think many people are going to come away from this episode thinking that Joy is a good mom or wife or no. But I mean, person. you know how it is when you when you meet a character on TV and it's like you're like, okay, I know how a TV show works. Like, eventually, we're gonna we're gonna get the turn or the twist or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost a comically Texas accent. Like, you're bright as a diamond, no matter what you wear. So you might as well sparkle. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't, this show really hasn't put its cards on the table yet. So we don't ultimately know what kind of tone the show is ultimately going to take. Like, is this going to be a show where actually everybody has their reasons and they're not, not, not that bad of a person? And, you know, is Joy actually like a good mom too? Or, or is it going to be like, no, some people are nasty and mean? Mm. like Mallory mm-hmm. yeah so anyways mom and daughter going to step class um, I mean, I'll say this about Andrew Anders like you know exactly who Joy is you know she belongs in this world she like, she's is embedded the, in the, the socialite queen of Skyland Texas uh, yeah. and yeah everything's all about image and kind of ruling the town and making sure you know nobody drags you down to their level that kind of thing uh, before they she leaves the room, though, Kate puts on lipstick or lip gloss or whatever, and there is three mirrors before her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, just a quick note on the uh, the way this episode is shot. I really notice a lot of like it's a lot of shallow depth of field and a lot of like a character in the foreground with like just some room behind them in the frame as though somebody might walk up, which Joy actually does at the beginning of this episode. But there's a lot of other shots like that throughout the episode. Like, and it just like, there's like this empty space where you're waiting for somebody to like loom in. There's a shot that I especially, and I'm kind of wondering if it stuck with you too, with uh, Joy and her gardener later in the mm-hmm. episode that fascinated me. Um, so 1994, we, we see Kate, she's back home. She's listless. Uh, two mirrors. Trying to get her, yeah. And, two, back and to two she's mirrors. upside down in the reflection of one of those mirrors, which I thought was yeah. nice. Yeah. So. I feel like Captain Picard in that Cardassian prison. There are three mirrors. Um, Mom's trying to get her to put some earrings on since, you know, Jamie and the friends are coming over. But the ears have uh, closed over since yeah. she's locked in that basement. Yeah, it's it just like what a, what a nice little detail to kind of remind Kate and us of the horror that must have happened, you know. Oh, and, and also, absolutely. But like, Put down those tweets, like you know, like we don't we don't need to tweet about any of that kind of stuff about that. What do you mean? Uh, people like people like to catch like loopholes and stuff, like whenever ears closed and blah blah blah. Um, okay. We're always, I mean, I feel like I do that too. We're all looking for like the nitpicks or the little things that we can pull. But yeah, this is um, uh, this is something obviously I have no experience with. Where the mom's just like, let me get a tissue. And we're just going to repoke that hole. It's just it's very Ouch. brutal. It's yeah. and it's like it's such a on the nose, but still I think worthy metaphor of how joy is handling the situation. Like mm-hmm. it's just like everything is back to normal. Even if I have to shove this thing through your ear and it's mm-hmm. going to hurt and boom, look at that. We're back to normal now, aren't we? And just the, the dead eyed look on uh, poor Kate's face here. It's like clearly, clearly she's not back to normal. I mean, there's, there's a lot of that in this episode, especially in the 94 timeline is like, people in Kate's life just expecting her to like, like a, you know, rubber band or something, just snap back exactly the way she was before. And it's like, well, clearly that's not going to happen. Well, and in 95, she's clearly still, you know, a little more foot on the feet on the ground, but still dealing with the stuff. Uh, speaking of which, 
In 95, we see Kate is just dancing in front of the car with the headlights on the zombies by cranberries and just kind of spacing out. And maybe finally, there might be some substances here, but like she's kind of like letting go a little bit. It seems like this is good for her. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the question uh, is, until she starts to stare at the uh, the light, because this is at nighttime and she's staring at the uh, headlight of this truck here. And then it's kind of it's seemingly triggering a memory that she has of like the bright light in the basement. Yeah, and and the question is, who's in the passenger seat? Who won't come out to dance with her? I mean, we can just have this here, I guess. I have no idea, to be honest. Um, Jamie? So, my first thought was Mallory, obviously. My second thought is Jamie, because we see Jamie's truck very prominently later when he's when he's doing the punching bag thing. Oh, it looked like uh, the, the driver's side is the empty side here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Kate obviously drove. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I first thought, and I didn't like go back to glance, is this indeed Jamie's truck? But it's like the, the way the shot's composed when he's with Ben, it's like they want to make sure we see Jamie's truck there. Or maybe it's Ben's truck. It could be Ben, I suppose. I mean, there's only so many characters. Seemingly, whoever's secretly in the, the truck here, we've met already, you would think, right? You would think. Yeah. Well, and Ben is one of those characters that I'm just kind of like, I feel like there's got to be more to you. He's very prominent in this episode. Yeah. It was in like two brief scenes in the last episode. And he, he really, it seems like he, I don't know, maybe one time had a bigger role or just it, maybe he's going to have more coming later. It's it's kind of weird. Mm. So we flash back to you know, her captivity in the basement. Is she humming zombie? Yeah. Yeah. I think she is. Is As she's like triggered by the bright light, the headlights. And then we kind of like flash to the uh, bright lights coming in through the uh, basement window and we pan down to her in the corner and she seems to be humming zombie to herself. Um, she hears, we hear a uh, sirens go by and mm. I, I think at first I was like, Oh, this is like the day she's rescued. I don't think that's it. I think it's more mm. like she's just hears sirens go by and it's like for a brief moment, it's like, is it, are they coming for me? And then nope, they're not. <laughs> and it's like, how many times has she had to deal with this horror? Uh huh. You know, where she thought she was going to be rescued, and then no, not at all. And then just how do you, how do, how do you, how do you fucking live like that day by day? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, this episode's fascinating. Just there's times when I felt like it should be a, a flash forward and went like a, it was a flashback instead, and vice versa. I really, I don't know, I kind of really enjoyed how temporally displaced at different times we were. It's hard not to think of two very specific Pretty Little Liars episodes, uh, when watching this episode in particular. Uh, I'm sure you, you may have them in your notes. Uh, episodes two and three of season six, Songs of Innocence and Songs of Experience. Um, just basically on, on that show, the uh, the, the liars it. are <laughs> rescued from a uh, an underground bunker. They're only there for like six weeks or something like that. But um, similar, just, you know, coping with the trauma vibes from those episodes in this one here. And the quote that I always take from Jason Clifton, it's not about putting the liars in the dollhouse, it's about putting the dollhouse in the liars. And and we see that. And I, so one of the reasons I like, I'm so glad we're doing this podcast is, you know, and I, I can't help not see some of these PLO metaphors. There's, I think it's the next episode. I specifically took some screen caps to, uh, with Kate visiting her room. Sorry, some hmm. spoilers. It's just nothing big. Kate visiting her room, and I had to compare him to the stuff of Hannah in her room. Right, uh, right, yeah. In 602 of PLL. 
Yeah. Uh, so back to 93, it's, you know, we've, we've kind of gone to like the title cards of this, like slightly, I think this is Billy, Re- Billy Ray Cyrus uh-huh. playing. Oof. Uh, we're watching Step the set aerobics. class. Yeah. There's Kate and her mom in this like country music crap. Um, but Jeanette and her mom are there as well. And Jeanette is like, while everyone else is kind of like watching the instructor or maybe like watching the mirror at the front, like Jeanette, I feel like is very clearly watching Kate do the moves. Watching Kate and being a little embarrassed or when she doesn't know, like when he starts doing like these like high step things or whatever, you know, and, yeah, he can, yeah. and, and then Kate waves at her like, hi, you know, like Kate, Kate comes off just so nice in both yeah. these episodes so far. I'm, I'm really wondering, will there be a turn or not? Cause yeah, she weighs and then Jeanette yeah, Mallory, will there be a turn? Yeah. Jeanette almost looks like, like she doesn't know how to react to that. You know, like, Oh my God, like she weighs at me. I, the only thing I could say about Kate is that is she so sweet that you get like a two fake? I mean, yeah, or like it's Christ. not genuine or something. Yeah. But, but Jeanette's like this moment where she looks like she might implode because Kate sees her and waves. Oh my God. Um, the instructor is just feeling himself. This guy's hilarious. Just like, all right, next is knees. Yes, knees. And at one point he's like, come on, mama. Well, we get so much just in the costuming here. These kind of like, perfect black tights and leotards that Kate and her mom joy are wearing. And then compared to Jeanette and uh, Cindy Turner here, who Jeanette is just like in this like random tight eye shirt and like, you know, Jean or gym shorts or whatever. And then uh, Cindy is just in like this uh, kind of like tights under shorts and a loose tank top. Like it's just, it's clear like who are like the, the prime ladies of the town here and, and who are like the all surrounds, you know? Yeah, which which we'll get more in just a minute. Yeah, so they, after class, Kate leaves with her mom. Uh, the mom is just like Billy Ray Cyrus gets me all hot and sweaty, even when I'm not working out to one of his songs. Uh, and then <laughs> which she starts, Kate is of course horrified by. Yeah, Kate's mom basically goes on how she needs to keep it tight so that her husband doesn't run off of one of his younger football fans, of which Kate says he he would never do. Um, mom points out this town is not kind to of divorce women, and then she's like, um, "If that ever happened to us, you and I would have to go generic and start thrift shopping again." <laughs> Which I feel like this line is somehow Mallory's supervillain origins or origin story. Um, I would, it's the again is interesting there. Like, yeah, because yeah. we, we, we find out a little bit about Kate's uh, father in this and so he's dead. Um, was there a time when, you know, it was hard times for joy and she was having to go through shopping and I don't know, keep up, you know, keep up as best she can until she somehow landed this uh, star football player and all his money. Though presumably, uh, the marriage didn't end via divorce. What this the, the, marriage? The, the, yeah, the marriage between uh, uh, or or if it was if or they were original, married. yeah, Kate's joy, and, joy, and, yeah. and Kate's dad. Well, he died of cancer. Dad. She says, yeah, later, so yeah, yeah. I just it's interesting because I, I think your first assumption is it would be divorce because of her comment about how divorce is not mm-hmm. or this town is not kind to divorce women. Uh, so Jeanette and her mom come running up. Uh, Cindy is. A magnificent dork, I think, commenting on Joy's highlights and like trying to like like identify, you know, oh, I, I'm an eight hour girl myself, and you must have done this. And Joy's just like, no, 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 you poor. I go to the salon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just all quietly mortifying. And Jeanette yeah. is, you can tell, she's just like wants to get the fuck out of there, but Cindy has to be like, oh, but Jeanette had so much fun here. You guys should all hang out. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I just in that way that that kids are sometimes more sensitive and embarrassed by their parents. Yeah, especially pause. when your parents yeah. are like trying to make you like go be friends with someone or, or like you know I don't know that's super awkward when you're a kid, or just even when your parents mm-hmm. overextend themselves and you're like oh shit you don't realize 
How, how is it I realize? But yeah, Kate compliments Jeanette's tragic necklace. And Jeanette, she noticed like, it. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I got it for my birthday when I saw you. Uh, when we saw each other, mm-hmm. which is like, man, we're just setting up some delicious irony here. Oh, yeah. And of course, Joy has no time for this when uh, Cindy's like, oh, you know, we should all hang out or something like that. And Joy's just like, we got a lot of plans this summer. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah. And then Kate kind of just sensing that her mom sucks. is like, uh, oh, that sounds fun. Just yeah. like non-committal, but like at least she's polite about it. Yeah, we'll call you. <laughs> they are five steps away when Joy's like, we are not calling them. Yeah, I know. And Kate's like, just be nice. And Joy's like, not a fan. <laughs> like, not a I want to that I, Cindy Turner. There are certain affectations of Joy that I want to like. <laughs> like she's she's like 100 percent a character. Um 94. Kate is just submerged in the bathtub, like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think she's Jamie, doing here? Any anything beyond the obvious of just like sensory deprivation in a tub? Kind of losing I mean, if mind. I could, if I could do a Michael Caine impression, mm-hmm. I would tell you that it's like going home again. Um, but I can't. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think she's Kate's. Kate's doing some things. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she's. She's finding her place back in this world. Jamie comes in and like yanks her out and freaks out a little bit. And there's just a great little like mini monologue here. You know, Kate's just like thinking about all the things that she missed the last few months, like Whataburger and her favorite sweater and taking warm baths. So she put on her favorite sweater and drew a bath and got in. And like, there's, there's like so many moments that I like Olivia Holt is so good. Like they're almost, I don't know, little emphasis, you know, like referring Mm -hmm. to her situation that she tosses off. Like, I think other shows would, like, linger on them much longer, maybe unnecessarily. It's yeah, certainly flying over the, everyone else's head. Yeah, they're just kind of like these snarky little endings to conversations type things, you know. Um, mm. Just things she drops just to kind of remind again and again uh, of what happened to her and how it's, you know, shit's not the same for her anymore. Yeah, so she she pivots to asking how Jamie and Jeanette got together. And this is like a thing that, you know, mark down on your, your notepad. Um, if you're a detective mm-hmm. interviewing these people or he says they were, he was putting up missing persons flyer and she offered to help. And then she just kept coming around, which I feel like we will learn that, that Jamie just kind of says some things to please the people he's talking to. Sometimes. Yeah. When he's not gaslighting them. Um, yeah. But I, I, I did find it, you know, worth noting if you're in the uh, suspect Kate column here, she seems pretty annoyed with the Jamie Jeanette you know, thing that's like the first thing she really goes to when she starts talking to him is like, let's talk about that. Well, I mean, somewhat, but if, if you're tracking her behavior in the 94 timeline here, one could say that maybe she's very upset with Jeanette, which is why she makes that statement. Maybe. Um, She has reason to be upset with both of them, honestly, but yeah, she's also to a certain degree. it's, it's, It's complicated. It's not all of this or all of that. I think she's also trying to figure out who is Jamie in 94. Cause she's, she's like, I heard you hit her. So you hit people now. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Run away, Kate. This guy sucks. Yeah. Um, and he's like, he's like trying to like placate her. Like Jeanette's an imposter. She tried to steal Kate's life, but she didn't. Kate's back now and gets to reclaim it. And I don't know. I feel like you can always kind of tell that maybe Kate doesn't fully believe that. Or yeah. she's worried about it. Um, well, I think, I, I think you know, it's just this idea of like, you're, you're back, you get to reclaim your life. And it's like that. It just, it's not like a 
jacket you just put back on, you know, like right. You can't just you can't just put like, a whole she's not there. the same person anymore. But it's almost like a, a platitude coming from him. You know, I, I feel like it it doesn't carry. He, he's any... not equipped to. I mean, no. no teenage boy is probably equipped to handle true the trauma she's trying to express. Certainly here. not this one. But yeah. like, uh, I don't know. It's just like you know, there's certain there's certain situations you can go through where you you. It's great that your friends are there for you, but sometimes you need to hear that little bit of authenticity from someone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just clicks. The weight's there to the words. Uh, 95. Well, but before we get to 95, I just want to comment yeah. on her last line there. You know, he's talking about you get to reclaim it. And she says, yeah, yeah, I'm here. And it's like, but she's not all the way here. Like a part of her is obviously still in that basement. Mm-hmm. And he is just like, how can we move past this, basically? Yeah. And I, I think that's almost the water thing too. Is she trying not to feel something? Is mm-hmm. you know, but also there's a there's interesting effects sometimes when you get deep enough under the water and you look at the surface and it's almost like a mirror where you see yourself. Um, Let's talk about some uh, milk and pineapple. Yeah, what the fuck was this? Is <laughs> oh, this so a you thing don't people eat? you don't know you're not into the the lore of milk and pineapples. Um, I can't claim oh. to be in the lore of this. I just read it on. Uh, yeah, I'm. I am. I am just gonna pick up some popcorn and mm-hmm. pull up a chair and listen to you. This was apparently preach. what was found in John Benet Ramsey's stomach when they did the uh, autopsy, which has always struck like is an odd detail. You know, like why was she eating that whenever she was killed? Okay, okay. So it's like a little nod for the true crime kids. It, I mean, I can't see how it's anything but that. Because yeah, who eats that? Interesting. Okay, so it's interesting me on a personal note because I I only know a little bit about the John Bonet case. I mm-hmm. like you said. I, I believe you just said you're not up on the lore of it. I read so, the Wikipedia I, page once. That's it, really. There you go. Uh, and making conversation of new people in, in, a, in a semi-dating fashion in the last year, mm-hmm. I've a couple times been given that shibboleth test, and the answer is always, "I think the brother did it, and the parents covered it up." That's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's works. it's worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 95 Kate is watching a news report about Martin Harris. Uh, the, the, just the line here from the reporter, the, the reporter, <laughs> the speak- way they, they frame this is very strange. Yeah. Uh, do you have it? Cause I have it. Uh, yeah. Go, go for it. Yeah. Tonight joining the ranks of lady killer, Ted Bundy is Martin Harris. It seems the assistant principal turned kidnappers chilling charm is gripping people from beyond the grave. It's like, Jesus fucking. What Christ. does that mean is gripping people as though like he's the sensation it's a talk of the town but i mean it's a little bit but yeah i mean i think people are i mean i feel like there's always those those fluff articles about like these women wish they could have dated him or they're yeah, writing letters I mean, to people in prison you definitely see that on twitter there's no matter who it is there's somebody who's just like daddy um yeah but yeah. the the uh what do they call it? the chiron on the tv here this chit chat show it says principal martin harris Seth, sexy abductor causing a stir jesus what <laughs> uh the 90s i'm just imagining like the uh, weekly world news articles it would be you know on the in the tabloid about this yeah i just need them to cut back to bill o'reilly uh taking it over (laughs) um yeah so rod walks in like thank god he's just like enough of this noise turning off the tv so this is the first time we see rod i believe this is our first introduction to rod wallace who um I've, i've just been kind of like as as a habit trying to figure out like the most that I can about his professional football clear, just from like the hints that we get. The 86 game, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I kind of like Rod. Like he just seems. Well, I think he's. I don't know. The, the way this episode goes, he's set up as like, hey, this is a pretty cool dad, you know, and then yeah. you're going to find out, oh, my God, is he cheating? You know, have we been deceived? But then, though, it turns out he was not. Well, and, and clearly Kate really likes him. Kate likes you him. Know. She's the, she shows off her new belly button piercing, which does look like it hurt uh, to him. And he's basically just like, like, don't tell your mom. <laughs> like, yeah. he's, he's cool about it. His, your body, your choice is his response. Yeah, yeah. But it looks painful. Which must have been a hard thing for an adult to say in Texas, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's another one where she throws out just the, and he's like, you know, I hate needles so much. And she's just like, well, I've been through worse. Yeah, it's, like, it's ooh, just layers. Oof. oof. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he starts to suggest that Joy will, and she cuts him off with, shit a brick. Let's hope so. <laughs> Apparently, he dislocated his shoulder on live TV, which is another detail of his football career. I mean, are you like, are you trying to like map him onto an existing player? I think I know who he's like a a fictional version of, but we'll we'll wait to get there. It's not uh, it's not the juice, is it? No, 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 no. Okay. He's he's apparently a quarterback, but we'll get there. Okay, um, the juice is the only football player I know from this era. So, okay. Um, Kate skipped therapy tonight. Uh, she's tired of talking about Martin Harris and Jeanette uh, Turner and her feelings. I feel like they both suck. And one of them is burning in hell and the other's going to join them soon, she says. Uh, uh, soon, huh? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So <laughs> we match from Jeanette opening the fridge in 95 to the fridge closing in 94. And there's her mom who's been like stalling the cops around up. They're getting impatient. Also, Joy's, one of Joy's affectations is that she calls her daughter Katie Cat. Katie Cat. Wouldn't I think maybe Jamie calls her that at one point too in this episode. Oh, he would. Somebody else does. I remember, yeah. Um, but you could tell, like, Kate's in a little more hardcore here in 94 because she's got the slightly darker roots, and that flannel is wrapped around her waist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She got the flannel, and she wants to drop the whole uh, mother-daughter bestie thing because uh, she's not interested in reviving it uh, because it seems that uh, they had some harsh words, or at least uh, Kate received some harsh words from Joy the last time they saw each other before the kidnapping. Yeah. She wants Joyce or Joy. It's Joyce is her like full name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I keep wanting to call her Joyce. Uh, but Joy uh, is kind of like figuring out, oh, Kate's obsessed with, upset with me, but we have the second chance now. We can go back to the way it was before. There that is again. Um, mm-hmm. and I was so devastated when I lost you. And apparently there is some horrible thing that Joyce said to her. Uh, and Kate had a long time to wonder if she meant it. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's almost like, you know, everyone in, in, in Kate's life, except for maybe Rod, or at least Rod doesn't vocalize it, wants Kate to go back to the way things were, as if she mm-hmm. could just do that magically. So we see Kate go upstairs in 1994, and then we one of those great shots where it seems like we're still in the shame shot. We, we It warms up, you know, the, the tone, and we see Kate well, come back down the stairs in 93. This is a pretty cool trick shot because it's definitely her going up the stairs in 94, and then kind of uh, in the foreground, Joy walks off the frame and then the frame lightens up a little. And then here's Kate coming back downstairs. I wonder if that was all in camera, like they had her like switch outfits real quick. It almost seems impossible. It's probably just an effect. Like they, they just did a cut. Uh-huh. Who knows? I mean, they could have sped up the time a little bit. Yeah, know, uh-huh. but it's it's cool. And also um, one other kind of, you know, affectation note. She's Katie Cat to her mom. Uh, she calls her mom Mama, at least in the the early timeline. I think that's, that that kind of changes later. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, so this is one of those moments where I, I, I would have thought we would have gone to 95, but no, we go to 93. Um, so it's Kate's coming down the stairs. She's overhears Rod talking on the phone to someone in his, on his cordless phone. He's going to slip away from the, the garden party tomorrow, which is a big deal in Skyland, to talk to someone named Candace. And we hear him say things like, that's just the way I need it right now. And <laughs> God, I can't even remember the last time we had sex. And we hear the woman on the phone saying like, it's going to be so great. It's going to be over so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Kate overhears all this. 94. Well, um, Kate overhears all this. And I mean, it's not Hannah face, but perhaps it's Kate face because it's it, Kate she's face. very much crushed because you can tell that this, you know, she would never have guessed this from her dad here. Yeah. Uh, 94, it's a rainy day in Skyland. Kate's like staring out the window uh, as the captain and Tennille are over talking to her, catching her up on how Kurt Cobain died and so did River Phoenix, which, good good conversation. Oh, yeah, Kurt Cobain died. Suicide. <laughs> River, River Phoenix, Phoenix overdose. overdose. So sad. <laughs> so which, like, keep- the, the, then the one friend figures out we're talking too much. But, like, did you think that was a good conversation to have, like, all the people who died while you were gone? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I guess you have to catch people up on that eventually, but eee. <laughs> she doesn't have her uh, little notepad, notebook to write down, like, oh, mm-hmm. I should listen to Sinner Man. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the two keep talking and then ask how Kate's doing. Um, they mentioned that some chicks said that Jeanette Turner told them that she totally saw Kate in the basement chained to a wall, which infuriates Kate because she was never chained to a wall and Jeanette would never tell anyone that she saw her because she had too much to lose. And she adds in, like my best friends who suddenly became her best friends. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like the captain and Tennille kind of get this, but not totally. Um, Do you mean get her intent there with what she's yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I they seem a little defensive, I suppose. So I think they, they might be picking it up. When I glance at the Reddit, it seems like half the people recognize Super 90s outfits and half the people don't. I just got to say, I am for sure 100% saw Tennille's outfit. The, girls like, the mesh 90s. kind of like football-ish. Shirt. Kind of a football yeah. jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, like, a, like what are those like spring break midriff jerseys or whatever? Can we just point out that Renee's hair here is gigantic? Yeah. It's it's massive. I, it, I never noticed that before. But. Is it is it like quite different from the first episode? Uh, In 94? I mean, I suppose yeah. I can go back and look. But um, yeah, I, I did like that. Like, it, it seems like maybe she's being a little harsh or, you know, talking about her new friends and all that. But Kate, I think is very much annoyed by mm-hmm. people saying, Oh, I heard it went this way. And she saw you and you're in chains. And she's like, no, there's real truth here. And that she doesn't want questioned, you know, or at least yeah. that she thinks is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, memory is malleable, mm-hmm. but trauma doesn't quite, work the same way and those, it, she sees things, like her own life being turned into gossip now basically yeah it's like folklore mm-hmm. e- even uh, when they're trying they're, they're theoretically trying to cheer her up by like you know trashing Jeanette some more or something like that but yeah it's which helpful. is how how gossip works yeah mm-hmm. I mean like you can like narratively rewrite a story even if you know it's phony in the moment but um I, I'm kind of fascinated by the show in like was it straight to series? Like, did they do the first episode as a pilot and then like, you know, six months later come in and like, like film episodes two through 10? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would think. have to guess this was a straight to series. Yeah. It's too intricate. Mm-hmm. Or like, like, did they do something crazy where they filmed two episodes and then tested it out? Because I don't know. Pilots, pilots are weird. Like, did you see that they pass on the Powerpuff adult girls? Oh, they did. Pilot? Wow. Yeah. 
but it's rough. like something where like they're gonna try to retool and maybe reshoot. Okay. Um, Real quick, so even, you asked about uh, Renee's hair. Um, it was very big in the, the last episode, ninety four two. But I okay. don't know, maybe it's something about the way it frames. It seems like much more like full of volume and longer in the uh, this one. It's so yeah, Texas. I wonder if it was filmed later or not. It's also it's Texas. I mean, look at Joy's fucking hair. Yeah. Uh, you could put Martin Harris's basement in Joy's hair in some of these scenes. Um, so Kate's not going to go to the cops yet because when she will, you know, she wants to for for good reason because she says, "I want to give a statement with purpose." Mm-hmm. Interesting. Which is a very interesting formal way of speaking. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think she's kind of raised to be formal like that. But also, yeah, going back to as we'll find out, Kate is not a fan of lying. Like there's truth. And that is, that is, you know, as far as she's concerned, that's how she lives her life. Mm-hmm. Um, 93, uh, Rod's not with uh, Joy and Kate because he's off practicing for a ribbon cutting at a new store, which, what does that look like? Oh, I think we find out that he's on the city council too. Yeah, with Candace. Right. Uh, but I mean, still, what is that? Like, do you just have a bunch of ribbons and you just practice with giant scissors? I mean, I, I assume that, that like the mayor's office or whoever, you know, just like who, who even makes those giant scissors? Yeah, I don't know. That's another question. But like they must have like the giant scissors and the giant ribbon that they keep in a supply closet somewhere somewhere until it's like time to, to bring them out again. Well, I tell you what you don't want to do is you don't want to think, oh, I can do I can do this just fine. And then get up there with like cameras and people and like you look like an asshole because mm-hmm. you don't know how to work the giant scissors. Yeah. Um, or they're not cutting stuff. He's got to get his reps in. He he knows. He's a professional yeah, yeah, yeah. athlete. He, exactly. He's he's done this before. It's not mm-hmm. his first rodeo. Uh, Rod's not riding to the garden party, which apparently is the again the garden party is a big deal. Um, the gossip is that Candace was chasing after Rod when he moved to town. He's a hot commodity coming out of the pros. She even thinks that Cindy was thinking of leaving Greg Turner for him, which is like, why that detail here, Joy? Yeah, I don't know. I, residual annoyance at meeting Cindy earlier. I Maybe mean, it's just on her mind again. I think there's a, a generational in it, like who is telling the truth between Cindy and joy. Cause they'll have contrary stories. About yeah. I mean, we haven't, I think that's in the next episode. We kind of get Cindy's perspective on joy, but yeah. Yeah. But we're so if, yeah, again, this episode, we're going to get in some real Texas peccadillos <laughs> um, garden parties. Yeah. So uh, joy says that, uh, she sees Cindy staring at her in a creepy fashion. And she says, it's like, she just wants to be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PLL of it all. Um, the joy says the whole Turner family is creepy. Kate says that Jeanette seems sweet. And then joy, it's, 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 it's things like this where I almost want to like joy. Cause she's so horrible. When she says, all I'm saying is that the weird apple doesn't fall too far from the creep tree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe ultimately she won't be uh, incorrect in that statement if uh, Jeanette really was a uh, you know, witness and, and didn't tell anyone about Kate there. Yeah, yeah. But still, you keep being so horrible, Joy. I'm going to fall in love with you. Um, Kate says she doesn't trust Candace Johnson. She just said, you know, she might still have feelings for her stepdad. It's like she's really trying to get her mom there. Yeah, uh, she's, she's uh, trying to tell her mom that she thinks dad's having an affair and it's not yeah not like she doesn't know how to just come out and say it and joy is seemingly not in in any sort of headspace to take a hint there yeah so they pull out we see scott the gardener he runs the skyland landscaping business according to his truck which i completely missed this the first time i watched this episode because when he shows up later i was like 
the fuck did this guy come from? But this is Scott the Gardener. At the garden party, some dudes are hanging out, including Cowboy Hat Guy, which I believe is Hank, who really wants to get the next game. No, uh, at the, oh, cow- the, at the, the Cowboy party. Hat Guy. Yeah, right. I think this is Hank. Yeah, the, they keep calling this guy Hank, who is another woman's husband. I don't know if they're ever going to show up again. Uh, but we they're also in, have... They're in, we see them in one other. Are they? Okay. Uh, ben is also here. Remember him? Yep. He's just like a... I don't even know what you call these guys. They're not not exactly a caddy, but they might waiter? as well be a waiter. Yeah, sure. But it's like it's a private party. They're just, I, I guess you'd still call them a waiter. Sure. Yeah. They're Maybe just they're service. Serving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Cowboy Hat Guy was also quarterback at the local high school. You know, Ben's a quarterback. Um, and so Rod is, was a quarterback, which I find fascinating. So last week I, I speculated that I thought they were outside of um, Dallas, I think. But now mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe it's a Houston thing, and he's uh, Rod is basically like this universe's Warren Moon. He like played for the Oilers, um, mm. so that's that's my new headcanon here. So in this okay. timeline, this is essentially the Warren Moon, mm-hmm. Kate Moon, mm-hmm. Joy Moon. Um, so just a detail on Hank. His response to being offered a beer with a glass is, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What am I, the Queen of England's son?" <laughs> And then, and then Hank toasts himself. Here's to those who know me and love me anyway. And it's like, who are you, Hank? You might be terrible and awesome at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then, then enter yeah. Martin Harris. He really, man, there's just now, w- once you kind of know that he was a kidnapper, you just see the dead eyes and like, the, it's just never not kind of unsettling just to see him around a bunch of other people, especially children. And the way he just like immediately clocks Kate like across the thing and is like staring at her. Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's it's very interesting because it's like the way the actor plays it, it's not inherently sinister. It's almost just as he's scanning the the the, the party, the last place before his attention is diverted happens to fall upon is Kate, which of course you are correctly supposed to read sinisterly because we know that he's sinister. Um, and it's like Humbert Humbert vibe, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, it's still, it's a fascinating thing. Just what we know of the future of this character. Every time he shows up, you expect to hear like snakes slithering away and horses like in the corner. Um, but yeah, he meets Rod Wallace and like, a, like, a, like one of these other dorks. He's like, I'm a huge fan. Which he kind of stutters when he says it. And maybe he's saying it because he is such a big fan or maybe he's like making this up. I wonder. Mm-hmm. Because what I mean, wouldn't that be the the proper way to ingratiate yourself to somebody? Well, the question is: Is he already targeting Kate? I mean, he was watching her at the party. I mean, that may be the first time he saw her, or maybe not. I suppose we don't know. Uh, to me, that read as one of those unfortunate <laughs> meet I don't meet non cutes. <laughs> I don't. I would say un- a coincidence, mm-hmm. but like. I, I, I don't know that I quite got the sense that he's already like fully got her in his scope. I feel like that kind of happens at the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, at the local mini mart, Ben shows up to pick up six bags of ice. Uh, Jeanette Mallory and, and Vince are also there trying to find the right shit to like water balloon this garden party. And there it was, it was a nice reminder after leaving a garden party of like what 1993 dorks these kids are. Yeah, this garden party is like everything's like this kind of golden hued, you know, sunlight and they're all outside this gigantic mansion. 
with their champagne and you know private waiters and all that and then it's like oh yeah and then this is this was the 90s here really <laughs> yeah ben walks over to them um i did not pick up on this in the first time but like the way vince and, mm-hmm. and ben are kind of awkwardly vibing with each other but i also like one might notice that on rewatch when when paying attention yeah 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 absolutely um but i also kind of like the uh I feel like Vince is the guy who's just going to like tell it like it is. Cause Ben's just like, Oh, you guys go to my school. Don't you? And Vince is like, well, it's the only school in town. So yeah. <laughs> also we're, we're all a year under, under you. Um, mm-hmm. But Ben wants to show that he's cool. So he suggests, you know, shaving cream is a better idea to go inside those water balloons, which I love these dorks. Like Mallory loves that idea. 93 Jeanette's the kind of uh, nerd who's just like, I will take the suggestion, but I would like the official list to be corrected to show that we are doing shaving cream balloons instead of water balloons, please. Yeah. I don't know. Ben is an interesting character in this. Um, I'm fascinated to learn more about him because I feel Mm -hmm. like he has to be important because even though he's like not really in it in the first few episodes of much, but they like set up some big questions about him. He just kind of wanders into scenes and seems to have like knowing conversations of import to people mm-hmm. yeah like even even just like the the throwaway stuff with jamie at the roller rink it just kind of seemed like he was just like i'm ben everyone got that i'll be important later yeah yeah definitely uh, uh yeah 94 jamie's boxing his garage with ben um I, I don't know i've never done this this isn't my thing <laughs> Yeah, holding up the like like pads on his hands so that he can yeah. hit him. Like, is what, what is this for? Like for football, maybe? I guess I don't know. For for conversations with his girlfriend, I yeah. don't know with Jamie. Yeah, like, right. Jamie's tough now. Um, yeah, Jamie again. He's saying he wants things to go back the way they were. Ben is is interestingly passing along the message that Jeanette really just wants to talk to Jamie. Um, you know, Ben points out that he's never seen Jamie happier than he was with Jeanette. Um, and he says, I feel like you owe at least over in a conversation, one that doesn't involve you giving her a black eye. Yeah. Which that's a good thing to point out to your bro. Like hold your bro accountable. He, I mean, he, he is a little, but not a lot really. No, no, not enough. Not nearly enough. It was just like a, a mildly snide remark. Yeah. But yeah. But Jamie's like, oh, I'll meet with her and my words are going to hurt a lot more. Thanks. Which at that point, I'd be like, Dude, hold on a sec. What you know? What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, uh, in the words of Dan Cortez, could you step off? Mm-hmm. Step off, bro. Just a, can you just step off for a moment? Yeah. Ninety-five. Uh, Ben's in a bad way now. Meeting with Jeanette's lawyer. Which uh, shout out to Stephanie, who pointed out that Jeanette's lawyer is an actress named Nicole Bilderback, who was in Clueless, Can't Hardly Wait, and on Buffy. Yeah, quite the career. I mean, that's uh, she was the mid nineties all stars there. She was the cordette who almost gets juiced in the alternate reality in Doppelgangerland. Right, uh, right. She's the girl who almost fucks Kenny Fisher before he locks himself in the bathroom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so not exactly a lightweight. Not indeed. Uh, so a lot of theories about this scene and just the way that Ben is being framed here because we only see him from like the you know waist up or not even visually the waist, framed. like visually framed, like from the chest up. And, oh, interesting. Okay, so you think like a John Locke thing? 
Yeah, there like uh, people have been theorizing about this for weeks that he's in a wheelchair and that whatever happened to him is you know suggested that he blames uh, Jeanette for it was like some sort of accident or attack or something that left him like paralyzed. Mm-hmm. That's a good. It's a good theory because they're definitely setting up that like he's in a bad way. Something has happened. You know, does he blame her for the situation? Uh, he points out that it was basically a year ago to the day that he set up that meeting between Jeanette and Jamie. Um, the lawyer asks if Kate is falsely accusing Jeanette. He says that he he used to think so, but now he doesn't know, really know what to believe or who to believe. And so, and what what could have happened for him to no longer trust Jeanette? Because it seems like in in ninety four there the ninety four timeline, there's there's at least some sort of back channel through Ben from Jeanette, like to Jamie mm-hmm. there. He's like, you know, you need to go, you know, she really wants to talk to you. So, yeah. so they were good for a while, but seemingly, I think he says it's towards the end of summer, you know, something happened to change his mind. Yeah. Which I think we can talk about this conversation a little bit more in two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll have a little bit better glimpse. Um, the lawyer asks, you know, like, uh, uh, if Ben blames Jeanette for what happened to him, he responds by talking about a Rube Goldberg machine. And he's like, Hey, have you ever seen that? Okay. Go music video. There's a shit ton of them. Um, yeah. But basically things that just set other things in motion that lead to an inevitable conclusion. Like, so I like way, how he says until a result is achieved, which is a very interesting. Like it makes me wonder, is he like in, in like physics, you know, honors physics class or something like that in high school? Cause it's, it's a, a very scientific way of putting it. It's another kind of formalism. Yeah. Uh, but so in a way, I think, yes, he does blame Jeanette. Uh, yeah, guess he does. Uh, 94, Greg is dropping Derek off at this year's garden party. They where Derek also works. Yeah. Fancy. Well, we don't actually know. Is this somebody's house? It seems like it. it is. So it's not. We know that um, Kate and her mom, Joy, leave to go to the garden party. So it's not yeah. at their house. I suspect yeah. it's some sort of. Uh, just old boys club. I know they mentioned the lodge that, uh, that Rod goes to sometimes. I don't know if this is necessarily the lodge or if that's somewhere else. This doesn't seem like the kind of mansion where like after everyone leaves, these guys put on togas and like paddle each other. Like most lodges but, do. But I mean, it's like Texas though. So this is more True. in that style. I feel like the, the big grounds and all, you know, but spread out. Here's, here's what I can offer you, Texas folk. I'm biting my tongue on Texas stuff right now. Um, 94, Greg is dropping Derek off at this year's garden party where Derek also works. Uh, Greg points out how weird is it the Wallaces would come to this garden party after her daughter was just rescued from being kidnapped. Um, which on one hand, fair as like, like, uh, observation. On the other hand, is this like as catty as Greg gets? I don't know. Um, Derek look, get, gets looked at funny as he goes in. Like he has an ass for a face. He's getting a lot of dirty looks from the hoi polloi here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just we we get the ADR of like that's Jeanette Turner's brother, yeah. and then Which, like had these people ever noticed the waiter that hard? <laughs> yeah, really. And then uh, one of the other dudes, you know, similarly dressed in the gray polo with like the wait staff there, that kind of sees them, and I I, I kind of I like this guy in a, this short performance. I want to see more of him because he's just like Tucker? yeah, he's kind of like hey, and he kind of has this smile, but it's like ah shit, you know, we got to deal with this now. <laughs> yeah, so this is the the Kate Walsh rumor about Jeanette. Um, which talk about rumors. Derek's initial thing was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is about Tammy who works at the Dairy Queen. Hold on. 
It's like, what happened to Tammy? <laughs> Dairy Queen, man. But yeah, I like that they do the, the TV show thing where he's just like, Tucker, you're my best friend, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he fires him basically because of the rumor and, and, you know, Derek bounces away and he's Tucker's like, dude, don't be like that. No, I will be like that, Tuck. I will be. <laughs> I See, I, I kind of like Derek. I know he's a dork and we have enough of these kind of big haired, douchey white guys on this show, but like... I don't know. Man. I mean, he's he's seems fun so far. Yeah, Just yeah. Older brother who seems cool without the baggage, at least so far. But also, it's it's a much lesser extent of like the Ben thing of like, where are we going with Derek? Because I feel like he shows up at certain moments to kind of I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's ultimately it's like, is this a show that has a solution like that, where like someone's secretly evil? No, I don't, I don't. That's not what I, I mean. I, I don't know. I feel like he's more become like an engine of fate because because he has a chit chat with his sister in the first episode. Mm-hmm. She doesn't return the key. Mm. Um, he's like Lucifer. So, in, indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we bigger hair. The other 93, we see Kate getting comments about her boyfriend, Jamie, who is also a waiter. Like the 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 garden club ladies are just like, uh, woo, look at your waiter. Like you're dating the help. This is seemingly like every teenage boy in town like works these places, uh, get tips. Yeah. Um, so she happens to glance over and see her 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 dad heading off of Candace Johnson. So ninety four. Oh, I like how in in that scene as she's watching that in the background, they're talking about how oh she's going to be like prom queen, her and Jamie, and homecoming queen, and all that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ninety four. Jamie's sitting on Kate's bed with her. They're eating burgers. Presumably, they finally got the water burgers. Uh, pointing out, which I don't know, is that even outside of Texas? I don't know. It's definitely from Texas. This is all Texas yeah, yeah. people. Whenever In and Out comes up, everyone asks me, like, what a burger's better than In and Out or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Hotly contested. Hotly <laughs> contested. Uh, yeah. So she's pointing out that this time last year, everything was perfect. Uh, parents, but you know, parents can keep their kids safe. And he's like, hey, I'll keep you safe. And she's like, oh, it's so cute that you think it's that's cute up that to you. You think that's up to you. Yeah, I mean, is that is that in his stupid mind? Is that what he's like? I'm gonna start like punching the thing, like punching the the pad, so I can get strong. Well, that was before this. Would that mean like his thing of Ben? No, the thing of Ben was before this, though. Right, right, right. But I mean, like in general, do you think even even before she says this, is is this his mindset? I I don't know. Uh, I don't don't know. I I think the thing about Jamie is whenever you try to probe him for depth there's just more shallowness yeah it's it's hard for me to prescribe any sort of deeper meaning to his actions other than that he's kind of just just an asshole gaslighting boyfriend yeah um so while he's getting water she sees his pager message the message from ben saying that she'll meet you at the park at 9 p.m pagers Um, (laughs) did you did you you were a pager guy right i I, no, i had a pager for sure but it, it was not a um like a text one it was you just left numbers you had codes and whatnot yeah that was kind of a fancy thing, right? If you got like, like, I mean, like a, several of her friends had them. I don't know if it was that fancy. Okay. Yeah. Get like 30 characters. I mean, whatever. it was probably like at that point, like five bucks a month or something to have a pager. Like I imagine it would have been pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember we would always text our, our friend Anthony's pager and just leave a bunch of zeros. So like the, the, you know, computer woman voice would just go, the number you have left is O O O. Oh, and so on. And so he'd get really pissed at us because we leave him like these super long uh, pager texts. She had a delightful robotic British accent. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. Um, 
Yeah, so she sets up Jamie to tell the the truth about, you know, what he's doing tonight. And he lies and says, oh, I'm just hanging out with the guys after the garden party tonight. She's like, "Mm, okay. Well, so she says, you know. I don't want to defend hmm. this guy too much, but he hasn't seen seen the text text yet. yet, So he he may think that that's what he's planning to. Yeah. But he is at least aware that Ben is trying to facilitate this meeting. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which the other thing, and it, it's not like Ben goes to the meeting with him. So Ben just kind of sets up. The I feel like Ben should have like been there, like you know, oh yeah, not not necessarily like so we can listen in on the conversation, but like just you know to keep the peace, much like Prop Joe on the wire. You gotta, quite frankly, I think it's on Ben having eyes and being a human being whose those eyes are open to protect Jeanette and protect his friend Jamie from doing something stupid. Yeah, yeah. The last time you, you know, were in the same presence as your girlfriend, you punch her in the face. I don't want you to be, you know, there by yourself again. Because, you know, it's getting kind of hard to call myself your friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's getting really hard. Um. So, you know, Kate's not going to this thing. She says, if, if anything good came out of getting locked up in that basement, it's having a good excuse to skip this bull, that bougie bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Kate's really like leaning in on like the, the, the fatalistic humor from all this stuff. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think she was on her way even back in the 93 timeline that we cut to now. Um, you know, some illusions are being shattered about her parents here. Yeah. There's definitely like, like I, and I think this will feed into future episodes. It's definitely like, her parents informed the world that she thought she was in and might've been a lot different than she realized. Yeah. The ladies of the garden party are talking about Martin Harris, calling him a a looker. We see that he's over there talking with Hank, the cowboy hat guy One hand in his pocket. I don't know. What the hell are these two talking about? Yeah. Who knows hunting or something. I mean, what I'll say about Hank and Texas in the nineties is I'm very pleasantly surprised that he's in an interracial relationship. Um, because they do show up again later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so Hank's the one, is he the one at the store? Is it is he the ribbon cutting guy? I don't know. Um, I've forgotten now. But this is when Kate like takes her mother's side of the tower that she heard Rod on the phone of Candace Johnson earlier, and she, you know, she thinks that dad's having an affair. And Joy just straight up laughs in her face. But it's with like her face, like the actress is doing this thing where it's like it's like frozen smile. Yeah. But yeah, like it's she does it really well, especially in the next scene when she's like angry. Like here, it's just like, uh, you know, putting on a front. Which uh, which PLL mom do you want to see uh, Joy have a have a conversation with? Oh gosh, I mean, I, I probably that what comes to mind immediately be either Veronica Hastings or Ms. Um, Marin. Mm, interesting. Okay, I'd be fascinated to see Joy just go at uh, uh, Jessica De Laurentiis. Oh, well, that would be something. Or even Pam. <laughs> um, yeah, so she shuts her daughter down pretty coldly. Like, you're making up stories, and I'm not going to stand here listening to them, sugar. Um, even as Kate's like trying to get her to go inside and just see for herself. And again, this is going to be a thing of Kate. It's like, like validation, like laying her eyes on things. Um, but so she does go investigate for herself. She hears laughter, thinks she's going to see the signs of an affair, like kind of pokes her head in there. Like we see like a shot of like Candace's feet at one point. Like um, one leg kind of drapes, you know, falling off yeah. the couch. What's going on in here? Oh, it's not what you thought at all. She's 
a travel agent, and she's helping uh, Rod here plan a romantic cruise with Joyce. Yeah. So Kate's utterly relieved. Uh, I'm just imagining Candace on the other side of that phone call. Where he's just yeah. like, my wife and I haven't had good sex in a month. And she's like, ha ha, it'll be great. So uh, first class cabins then? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> the kind of the hot tub in the room and the jets that go right up your butt? I mean, I, as a travel agent, there's only so much I can do there to get this engine started. Uh, she goes up to her room or to her mom to apologize for jumping the gun. And her mom just shoots her down even more coldly than before about, Spreading false stories about sins like adultery, which, you know, very unflattering. Terrifying, angry smile here. Yeah. Yeah. You're embarrassing um, yourself. They're wrong along because as they clearly say, they do not wish to speak with you at this moment. Yeah. And she's got this kind of like, I don't know, almost like, like beauty pageant mom mm. look about her. Like, yeah. Um, also, <laughs> we, we should say while watching this episode, we don't know yet when exactly Kate is abducted. Obviously, by the end of this episode, she hasn't been abducted yet. But it, it kind of, from what they set up earlier, with like the you know the last thing you said to me, you know, before I got kidnapped. Like we're kind of wondering, is she going to get kidnapped in this episode? Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. So she she turns it right back on to the ladies. Like she's just back to schmoozing with them. Joy is uh, later that night. Ninety three. Uh, everyone is listening to Joy Wallace make a speech. This is kind of a fascinating little like montage as we're kind of bouncing between the three timelines, intercutting between the three speeches. Yeah, it's it's uh, dare I say like Dirk Diggler and Boogie Nights esque with his. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> his two speeches at the I'm adult gonna, uh, video. Going to keep rocking and rolling if you guys are too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh God, I want to watch that movie again so badly. I was listening to somebody talk about Goodfellas, and I was like, you know what? I'd rather just go watch Boogie Nights. <laughs> What is the one line he says? Like, I've saved hundreds of marriages. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so everyone's like listening to that Jay Wall speech. Uh, we see that Martin Harris is there ours, as our uh, first class waiters, Derek, Ben, and Jamie. Uh, we find out that Joy lost her first cu- husband to cancer. Uh, then she was all over Rod when he moved to town. She jumped on that Rod. Um, That's a 90- weird speech to give, but sure. Well, I mean... I think it's a speech you can make after you have been presumably together for several years. I guess so, yeah. But she's it's, a, it's cute, it's endearing. Yeah. She says people are now are thinking a, about their uh, sex life. A true daughter of Skyland. Yeah. Oh boy. Um 94, we see Joy's speech here too. She's addressing how people are wondering how she could attend this garden party. What what Kate has just been rescued. Uh she points out that the town had evil right there among them, but now it's where it belongs, rotting in the ground. So is Joy like I don't know, like the 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 president of the garden club or something. Cause it's like Great everyone, question. like this is the, the the presentation of these speeches here. Like she's got like flanked by like these random people in the wait staff, which I do you like to imagine like some of the wait staff has to like, you know, stop doing their job to come stand there. Um, but like Rod isn't side by side with her. He's like in the audience with everyone else. He's, he's doing the good, like first husband. Yeah. Kind of role. Yeah. Like it's, also, you just made me think I would love to see the uh, party down episode about covering the Skyland <laughs> Garden Party. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, are like, we it's, having fun yet? <laughs> it's um, she's she's almost 100 percent just like the woman from the end of the first episode in the car and like it goes away. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, you have to remember the pilot, the party down. But uh, uh, 
it's like it's kind of stand in for like the PTA or the PTC or whatever they're going to call it in this area because like they're doing a fundraiser to like benefit the school, which is presumably why Martin Harris is there to like glad hand. Okay, um, that makes sense. Plus, people are just seemingly fascinated by having the assistant principal. I don't know why the assistant principal would be the fascinating yeah, no, no. Guy. Like, would in in the town like this, does the assistant principal is he like inducted into your weird, you know, town elders cult or whatever this is? Yeah. <laughs> After he drinks this orphan blood from this goblet, he will be a son of Skyland like the rest of us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, ninety five. Oh shit! I you like, see, like the, her heels click up. I like the ninety-five speech just because it's so hostile and angry. Well, she's just like, "Y'all, I am tired." It's got the uh, President Camacho energy from Idi- <laughs> Idiocracy. Yes. Shit, shit's been fucked up for a while now. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is President Dane Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho, played by Terry Crews. Um, she says, I can feel that, I, you know, I'm tired. I can feel that when everyone looks at us, they're reminded of that monster that violated our sweet baby. Mm-hmm. I'm tired yeah, of thinking and, about him and about the girl who's still living among us who could have helped my cape but didn't. Here's to us, the good guys. Cheers. <laughs> here's to us. Yes, I have that written down in my notes. Here's to us, the good guys. And like uh like Rod in in, in 94, he's just kind of like dutifully listening. Like I don't mm. he's not giving a lot of reaction. 95 with everyone else, he's just like fuck yeah. Cheers to that. And then there's a really brilliant cut after she declares them the good guys back to 93 and she's like, you know, let's shine some bright skyland hospitality on our newest neighbor, our new assistant principal, Mr. Martin Harris. It's like, oh, look at you, the good guys who had this yeah. guy among you. Well, it's like Kate's world essentially is is not what she thought it was. And that world is also wrapping itself around Martin Harris quite extensively um, and like bringing him closer to her. Um, I don't know. It's just, it seems like it's this is one of those like fucked up hands of fate kind of situations. Yeah. 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 But so uh, Jenna and her friends start throwing those like shaving cream balloons. They take off running. In, by in the 93 speech. Yeah. It's interrupted yeah. by shaving cream balloons. Hank, Hank leading a, a battalion of waiters is chasing after them. So Kate sees them as she's leaving from like kind of across the yard. And like Jeanette, as she's like, about to get on her, board, her, her uh, bicycle and join her friends, notices and pauses for a moment as they trade souls. Um, they see each other. They smile. Uh, I think she might even wave a little. Um, and also Rebel Girl is playing, which quick, I don't know if it's the Bikini Kill original or a cover. Quick, quick detail here is that um, when they're running to get on their bikes, uh, I think it's either Mallory or Jeanette screams out, that's my bike, because they've they've gotten on each other's bikes. Mm. Mallory's is the one with the uh, the red um, uh, eight, of, eight of diamonds card, like the, you know, clacks when she rides. So that, that detail may, like a lot of people are like, oh, she... She's thought that that was Jeanette's bike. Kate did. And then like later, she's going to see the bike again and assume it's Jeanette, but it's actually Mallory or something like that. Oh, I like it. Uh-huh. I like it. And then the priest is going to throw that bike in the, the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apparently four, not a good way to get rid of her bike. No, real amateur hour move. Shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was it just, it didn't seem like it was floating. So that's kind of, just I mean, sink to the ground in a river and though, sit there. To be fair, the way they edited together, he might very well have told them. No, I think I up. think they mentioned that they had like video footage of him or something like that. Or 
they might have pulled it up because of uh we're just talking about mayor of town now sorry guys father dan made the call right yeah well, he may, why, may have mentioned the, the bike deacon? yeah yeah so that might be yeah because mm-hmm. i i felt like it didn't reveal itself on its own those cops knew it was down there they needed anyway. to search for it yeah yeah so let's just talk about mayor of town now no mm-hmm. uh 94 we hear that the modem connection kate's getting on the internet discovering chat rooms there's a chat room for survivors of different kinds uh, and she joins the abduction survivors chat room. Uh, and we see her just kind of like watching people and talking and sharing things that she's probably thinking. So it's probably, I don't know if healthy is the right word, but like more authentic than what she's getting from the people around her. I mean, her. it doesn't seem like she's getting anything from people around her, nor any sort of therapy, at least so far. Uh, Not yet, no. Yeah. Um, her screen name is Traumarama79. Which that was funny. I, I, is seventy nine then her birthday? That seems. I believe so. Seems like she should be like a seventy eight or seventy seven. But okay. Mm. So let's see. I can't remember if it's ninety four, ninety five, or ninety five, ninety six. Was my freshman year of high school. You were ninety five, ninety six. Okay, so you were ninety four, ninety five. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So she's watching you know, people like kind of like sharing things and like that the 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 text popping up on the screen and. I don't know. It's yeah. Just, anybody ever have trouble sleeping every night, sleeping at night? And they're like, yeah, every night it's hard to trust. Nothing bad will happen when my eyes are closed. Yeah. Hard for me to trust anything at all. So 93, uh, Kate ends up on the swing somewhere after the garden party. I think it's like the park. Uh, she's drinking. She's throwing back some champagne. She just keeps repeating back. I do not wish to speak to you in this moment. Good, good line reading by Olivia Holt there doing the accent. Like yeah, the, the even um, more exaggerated Texan accent, like making fun yeah, of her mom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a guy walks up to her, and the show's great because, like, there's that part of you that that part of you that's terrified and worried and concerned, and you know the monsters out there. You think it's going to be Martin for a moment, but it's Scott Jones. Well, the the way it's shot when he walks up is we we get this kind of shallow depth of field shot as some legs just walk up, and the camera's kind of pointed down, you know, angled to the ground, so we just see like the legs of this person. Like, we, we mm-hmm. don't see who it is at first. And then, oh, it's Scott, the gardener, or, like, the landscaper, who we'll find out some more stuff about in just a moment here. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Kate's kind of going off on things about how her, how, how her mom's reacting and things that her mom's hates, like Cindy Turner, rap music, fatty foods, and me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he's she's afraid he'll call the cops. And then she's like, you know what? Call the cops. I'll be the prettiest girl in jail. So uh, I think he has a line about like, oh, I don't think your mom would like that if I called the cops. Like, this isn't the town, the kind of town where you, you know, the police would be involved in situations like this. They're too, too rich. Yeah. Uh, or, or just you know, if it gets to the news. Yeah. I mean, or, yeah. Um, so Kate throws up, and Scott helps take her home. And this is adorable. She's just like, can we stop at Whataburger? And he's like, we can stop at Whataburger. Actually, <laughs> she just threw up on his shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy just seems decent. He does, which, yeah. What, which is secret father? I you had to be thinking it right. Like I was thinking it from the first time I watched this episode. But like, because he he just seems decent and more paternal than than even Rod to a certain degree. Not that Rod's like doing anything wrong per se, but like you kind of have to point out like the decent guys in a show like this because there's so many who are not. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, and speaking of which, 94. Another cool kind of trick shot is uh, Scott uh, walks with uh, 
Kate there away from the swing set and then coming in from the other side is Jamie and suddenly we're in 94 now, yeah. And there's he's he meets Jen at the park. Uh, the way he storms up, I don't know. Jeanette's like real eager to just kind of go up to him and kind of have intimate personal, you know, space between them and I wouldn't trust that dude after he punched me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh she's telling him that she didn't do the things Kate she did. Um she points out that Kate's been through something awful and traumatic. Maybe she's not exactly in her right mind. And she keeps like, you know, she probably wasn't happy to see like you with like a new girlfriend who you were great with. <laughs> Love that uh, detail. She's she's good even when she's bad. But like she points out that, you know, this might be Kate's trauma talking since she spent months in captivity and saw the guy who did it get shot to death months or a week ago. So it tells you where we are in the timeline. It's one week, presumably. After More or less. Yeah. Death. Yeah. Um, so he asks if, you know, she saw Kate and she says, no, of course not. Would I lie to you? <laughs> and I feel like even though this is like the popular, you know, it girl Jeanette timeline, it, she's already like her hair is kind of like half, half hanging over one eye. It's like you'd already see the transformation coming now that the, spell the spells broken. are broken. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Jamie, who I have no sympathy for, is just like, I just don't know what to think. Um, so she tells him that she would never lie to him. They start to make out. And of course, of course, of course, hidden around a corner nearby. Kate's watching all of this. And seeing it all go down. Yeah. And With she's going eyeballs. to go directly to the police to give them a statement about Jeanette right after this. Yeah. But yeah, she's seeing this with her eyeballs, Jamie. Mm -hmm. um, they are working. Yeah. 93. Uh, Joyce put Kate to bed, you know, after Scott's brought her home. And she's talking to Scott in the kitchen. And she's like, we just had a little argument tonight. Uh, we find out that Rod is down at the lodge of Hank and the boys. I mean, her no real name is Joyce. Only Scott gets away of calling her that. Um, and this is the the fascinating shot because there's like this weird where they're like kind of side by side at like the I'm presuming like the like the island counter. Mm -hmm. He steps out of frame and we see her in profile as he's coming around. And it's like you know exactly what his body's about to do. But we're like right. looking at her profile. It's a fascinating shot. It is. It is an interesting shot. It. It basically. It's. It's like two different shots in one. And the way the the blocking and repositioning the camera goes. Yeah. Yeah. Which which kind of remind me of like just like you know many directors do this, but like Spielberg. Where yeah. It's like the camera hasn't cut, but like suddenly we're laying a whole new thing. Yeah. Well, this is all. Uh, this scene is all one shot. Yeah. Like yeah. until suddenly we see Kate coming downstairs. Like that whole you know conversation there. It kind of you know comes in from the hallway. I don't know. Pretty impressive little work here. Uh, mm -hmm. for a freeform TV show, but I well, suppose I mean, some pedigree there. As we've talked about from PLL, mm -hmm. there's there's some cinematic flair to these shows sometimes, and that's kind of the fascinating thing about it being embedded in shows where maybe you're not expecting it, or in just in general, a, a, a medium where we're still half programmed not to expect it. But uh, Scott and Joy start making out because they're having an affair. We hear Joy, like, you know, mumble in between smooches, like, we have to be careful. She's starting to nose around. So Kate, of course, of course, sees this and sneaks out of the house. Come, comes downstairs, another cool shallow depth of field, like her coming into focus and seeing it. Yeah. And she just leaves. She's just barefoot. like gross. Yeah. Runs down the street at night barefoot while crying. Um, 95, she's in. The, she's on the internet. This is a slightly different internet setup because it's one year later <laughs> in the chat rooms. We see the Traumarama 79. She's talking to someone named Bernice, we see. Um screen names we, she's wondering what would happen if they found out and bernice is like found out which part 
And Kate says that I haven't been completely honest, which I think we can speculate here. It's kind of what you mentioned at the start of the episode. I, I, um, I, I think at least, you know, if we're going on the end of this episode and that there's not something more here that she hasn't been completely honest about how well she knew Martin Harris. Right. Right. Yeah, she might've been infatuated. He might've played upon that. Um, again, the term is grooming. It's, mm-hmm. it's, she is still a, a, a teenager. Um, yeah. So as this is playing, we're hearing a cover of zombie, which I feel like I couldn't quite tell if this was a cover of zombie that then turns into the score taking over zombie a little bit. I wasn't sure if that was all the same song or not. I do it, like the cover though. I, I normally don't like these like modern covers of old songs like that, you know, it's like the kind of no. the sad singing or, but I, I did think this one has worked pretty well. There's one later in the series. I can't remember exactly what song or what episode where it's like another much more modern cover of a nineties song. And I was like, how interesting, <laughs> how weird. Um, yeah. Kate puts on her headphones and walks in and goes jogging at night uh, while presumably listening to the, the, Cranberries. The, the cranberries mm-hmm. yeah cut to you know kate running in 93 from from her life and and finding out things in 94 well, just the visceral kate, cut of all that the the running it's yeah or yeah all these time periods are uh-huh. essentially happening at once in some fashion uh, or great match cuts yeah kate's uh walking of purpose in 94 to the police station she ends up in an interview room she gives a statement to a detective and a cop um and she says that you know jeanette saw her while she was in captivity Maybe December, but she didn't have a calendar or a clock. And she is 100% sure it was Jeanette, Greg and Cindy's little girl. And she says she barely knew Jeanette She's and clarifies that she, Jeanette's not her friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, so the December thing, she, we know she was kidnapped seemingly sometime in the fall, early fall, maybe. And uh, I'm going to guess end of summer, 93. Yeah. So that's, that's the impression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and that whatever happens with Jeanette is sometime in December. So yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. But Kate has proof because she says, if she wasn't there, then how would I have this? And she slides over that utterly tragic. You go girl necklace. Dun, dun, dun. So I know like some people I've seen, have like screen cap this versus the other necklace. And like, like I think there's like one era necklace where it doesn't look the same or like the clasp is different or something like that. I kind of doubt that that's like a secret detail you're supposed to notice, you know, like if, if like, like, like I know sometimes like the theories are like, well, if you freeze frame it on this thing, you can see this one person saying like, I just don't think TV is made that way. And so like the, the much more likely, likely explanation for stuff like that is just like some sort of continuity error. You know, they had to use a different prop or something like that. Oh yeah. Give, give the set people and the prop people a little bit of a break they do an incredible job as it is like but i just i don't think in general you're going to find the secret answers to your tv show if you freeze frame it at the right moment no i I suppose it could happen but probably unlikely you could make the argument that like somebody went and bought another eight dollar you go girl necklace but yeah i i i think yeah freeze frame is not the answer i think we could take it as read that this is most likely the necklace well I, not necessarily <laughs> now that no, i said okay. all that not necessarily because it may not be you know if if uh, kate is lying and or making this all up or somebody in her corner is lying to her yeah um either way 
yeah, but yeah, I don't think it's because like the clasp is different is the issue. But 93, uh, Kate sits by the side of the road to cry. We see some legs walking over, holding keys and this kind of interesting gesture, like almost like, is it threatening at first? And then, you know, we hear a man's voice say, you okay? And she says, no, uh, you know, kind of 94, please interview. The detective says, how well did you know Martin Harris before the abduction? And then 93, this, this male figure. Well, is she like, says not well at all. Yeah. Can I help? And she says, no, I don't even know you. And he leans down and kind of comes into focus and smiles and says, I'm Martin. It's so, oh, it just, Ooh, yeah. Chilling. Yeah. Chilling, chilling creepy, um, but perfectly staged the way we, we just like Scott coming into frame. We just see this guy's legs. We don't know who it is. And then he crouches down into the frame and he has that smile. Yeah. He, the way he kind of smiles more to one side than the other in his mouth. You notice that? It's kind of this like, uh, oh, shucks kind of smile. A crooked smile, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, offers her his hand, and after a moment, she takes it. Oof. Uh, 95, here we go. We're in the Wallace living room. Kate's just shown her mother her belly ring, and Joy's freaking the fuck out. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus, how can I handle this? Sweet you know? baby Jesus. And then uh, Kate, Kate is just eating this up. She's like, what was that nifty phrase the Reverend said to me when I was rescued? The Lord only gives you as much as you can handle. Yeah. Uh, in your fucking face, Joy. But yeah, on the news, do you have the text? Because this is the affectation that this newscaster lady nails is great in this news article or this news report. Uh, so let's see. She says, you know, it's the exposition news here. A strange twist in the shocking story of Jeanette Turner, the young Texan, Texas woman accused of failing to report Kate Wallace missing last year, is that these two will now face off in a legal battle. The defendant is Kate Wallace. The allegation is defamation. That th- but the way, sorry, as the way she's just like the defendant is Kate Wallace. Mm-hmm. The allegation is defamation. <laughs> sorry, yeah, no, that's all. Um, yeah, so Joy and Rod are kind of freaking out, and and Joy especially, like, you know, like Rod says something like, "We're going to finally make this way," and she, and like, Joy's like, like in hysterics, and Rod's like, "No, I was talking to Kate." Well, well she and says then, something like, um, "Like, like I'm going to get that anchor off the air or something like that." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll have so that anchor's just, job. And he's like, no, I wasn't talking about getting the reporter fired <laughs> just for yeah. daring to report this. Yeah. He says, I was talking to Kate to try to like calm her down. Yeah. Kate just sinks down and stares at the TV, stares into our souls, much like she did at the end of the last episode. Starts breathing heavily. Ringing. Yeah. Joy's like, call our lawyers, do something. And then we see a little bit of, of, Kate slamming her fist on the door at the top of the stairs. Well, because she's it's kind of flashback. She's clearly being triggered right now. In '95, she's appears to be yeah. having the sort of a panic attack. Uh, you know, like processing this information and she's getting sued. And then it's like this is triggering this memory of her in this like kind of fancy red dress pounding on the door in the basement. Open the door. Her shoes of the door. Have coming down a couple steps. Yeah, high heeled shoes. Um, yeah. Very curious. I, I think there was like a poster in episode one that said she like went missing in like a purple dress or something like that. So like this is seemingly not when she went missing, which is interesting. Yeah. 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 Which again, we could, we could build theories, you know, based on what's the term here. Like did she willingly run away, you know, again, which does not make her, responsible for these crimes right 95 uh, well it kind of i just wonder if this is the first moment of her capture perhaps 
She may have this gone missing be, in one outfit, but perhaps this is the first time she realizes that she can't leave. Yeah, this seems to be the moment where she realizes like Bluebeard has mm-hmm. shut the door. Um, yeah. Uh, so 95, she just unleashes this primal scream. It is an amazing scream. This is what a way to end the episode. Um, it's, it's, I mean, just watch it. It's hard to even describe. You know, there's the visceral impact of this scream of rage, but also just horror, like realizing what she's going to have to relive now. Mm-hmm. Which then makes you wonder, you know, flashback to the pilot and the lawyer's talking about like, you know, Jeanette, your, your trial's coming up in a few months. Is it this case? I guess. Is it like, is all I mean, that I, in service I of think it's just one case? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I assume. I think the twist was just we thought that Jeanette had some sort of criminal prosecution against her, but no, she's suing Kate. Like, that's the twist. Well, seemingly she at least probably has a criminal lawyer, but it seems like Nicole Bilderback is her civil lawyer. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah, because remember, the, which lawyer is on the phone? What does it matter? <laughs> uh, yeah, so so just random questions. Who was in the car when Kate is dancing? Before you get to that, is, I just one more time on the this primal screen in the episode. Yeah. Just amazing work by Olivia Holt. Uh, I don't know this, this. This is like one of the best screams I've seen in movie or TV. I'm trying to think of one that like really nailed it quite as much as this one. Somewhere in the pantheon, not not same thing, but the different is maybe Troy Belsaro screaming "Die!" <laughs> before she flying kicks uh, Janelle Parrish. Sure. Um, so yeah, who was in the car when Kate is dancing? Why does Joy hate Cindy so much? What happened to Ben? Does Kate feel guilty for something that may have happened between her and Martin before the abduction? How did Kate get her hands on the Ugo girl necklace? Well, the, on the necklace, yeah. seemingly she would have it if like Jeanette dropped it there or something. Seemingly. I mean, like that's, that seems to be the case that you would have to build in your mind, but that's one of those things where you're like, okay, is the show going to take us there? Or are we going to see, well, we we're going to see this. We haven't gotten the full detail of, uh, you know, Kate's thinking that she saw Jeanette yet. I don't think, but it was Jeanette. And at any point in like physical proximity, like in the same room or something that she could drop something and Kate would get it. Mm. Like where, yeah. How did she get this necklace? Yeah. And, is she still is, is she just carrying it around with her wearing it like also it's a fact that it is this like affirmation on the necklace is especially dark the Hugo girl yeah, yeah. like it's um <laughs> uh, i think we've, we've summarized the or we, we've we've theorized about the you know what does get kate potentially feel guilty about that's presumably be the the thing that she's not been honest about um, yeah, I think just the fact that she, it, I, what, I'm, what I'm theorizing, I guess, is that she maybe at least at first thought she was going along with Martin willingly and was obviously duped and deceived. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think there's probably a, a lot of guilt there because, you know, she, she says she barely, she, you know, barely knew him, but then we see them shaking hands in flashbacks. So it's like, it's like, yes, yeah, she, she kind of did know him more than just as you know, a random neighbor. Yeah. Um, I think we've, we've uh, theorized on Ben, what happened to him 
Um, I mean, that's a popular one is some sort of accident or injury. It could, I mean, I don't know. I, I wonder if when they're making it, they're aware enough that people are going to have that theory about it, that they could then like, you know, do, you know, like pull the rug out from front of people at the end and like have them just stand up in a 95 timeline. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just for fun, everyone go back if you can and just read about people theorizing about the coffin at the end of season three of loss. <laughs> I'm just like it? wondering, like, is this something where they know, like, let's be sure to only shoot this guy from the waist up, you know, or, or did like, I, I like would the director after the fact be like, wait, people think that <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. just, they were both sitting down in that shot. <laughs> I mean, still good, good, good job. I mean, and potentially Eagle eye like that. This is a good theorization internet. Uh, as opposed to like freeze framing on like clasps, yeah, yeah, on the you go girl necklace. Uh, why does Joy hate Cindy so much? I am dying to know. I mean, I think versa. a lot of it she's kind of halfway tells on herself with with the fact that they were both, you know, into Rod when he came to town, and mm. the like. Oh, Cindy might have like dumped her, lose her husband, like try to get with Rod or whatever. And so, yeah, I think that's got to be at least some of it this this maybe even a fear that she could have been the cindy instead of the joy well she had she had to then presume that maybe cindy had a chance yeah well or at least that they were in the same place you know socially or whatever at the time uh who's in the car when kate's dancing i think my theories are mallory maybe jamie less likely ben well, I mean, I, I think uh, it'd be fascinating if this was the case. I don't think it's going to be. It could theoretically be Jeanette. I don't think it's Jeanette. Um, so, yeah, Jamie, Mallory. Well, I don't think it's Mallory. So we have no idea when that scene is. I presume it's June 26th. Like, I don't think they're, mm-hmm. like, showing us, like, some other time period when they when they do. Like, this is supposed to be, like, any 95 stuff we see is chronologically june 26th going forward i i do always love it it says approximately mm-hmm. um but i i i like that idea because i feel like the show is kind of god i don't know i know everyone wants like there's like the people who hate jeanette i don't think anyone really hates kate but i feel like a lot of people hate jeanette they see her as the villain of the piece i've kind of be interested to see if the show got to a point where these two were you know, not cool with each other, but like working together in some fashion at some point. The wild things ending. Yeah. The wild things ending. There you go. Yeah. After tonight. Only whatever. Um, I mean, Vince, probably not, but maybe I'd probably not though. Um, Martin's dead. Yeah, this is like, boy, Kate, you sure are cycling through Jeanette's old friends. <laughs> I mean, it's not the captain and Tennille, like, because why? Um, yeah, I, I um, just, uh, what's his name? Scott? Weird. What was that guy's last name? It was, like, really average. Jones. Scott Jones. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, Scott's just like, I'm just riding shotgun while you dance on the cranberries in front of me. Mm. Cool. Um, I don't know. So, questions from 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 the Twitters. Ryan asks, or Ryan basically says, there's something we don't know about Cindy Turner. Yeah, maybe she's awesome. Well, I mean, we can't really comment yet. You know, we're trying not to to 
get into future episodes, but we'll we'll learn more about Cindy in the future. Let's put it that way. I also don't have a lot of the baggage that other people bring from other shows. <laughs> yeah, Sarah to this. Sarah Drew doesn't like like yeah, we, we don't have that that part of our psyche that's watched uh twenty seasons of Grey's Anatomy. So especially especially like when you put her in a show with Joy Wallace. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna like Cindy a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Was um, she like a dislike character on that show or something? I, I just, I don't know. Some people seem I, to have a reaction to her. Never even heard the show till last week. Um, Scott seems like a creep. Kayla asks. I didn't totally get that vibe. Um, I, I got secret father vibe, but I could see how <laughs> if you weren't thinking that he could potentially be seem creepy. Yeah. I I got a vibe that this guy knows where to put the uh, the sprinklers. You know what I mean? Okay. And those babies sing. Um, uh, do you think Kate seeing Jeanette's and Mallory's bike plays in the theory about Mallory being the one who who Kate saw wearing the necklace? It's possible. It's, it's fair. It's fair. I it, I mean I just wonder if it's like she never directly saw Jeanette, but she saw all these like signifiers to think it was Jeanette, like the same same shirt, you know, same bike with the you know eight of diamonds like that kind of stuff i i would like a little bit more of those little clues then mm-hmm. because honestly i don't know you could ride up tomorrow in like a car that's different than yours and i can't promise you that i would notice that let alone a bike my, i mean one of my theories is that um mallory starts like basically dressing like Jeanette, mm-hmm. and that like she's wearing the you go girl necklace and that she's the one who sees or that kate sees um but i guess the question is like how do you like they don't look alike at all like is, no. is kate's like so like drugged and out of it or something that they do gonna, or <laughs> i'm like how do i tactfully word yeah. this mallory would have well, their hair something. i mean there's you know blonde <laughs> brunette like yeah yeah and yeah mallory's hair that's that's gonna be a a, a tricky proposition to if she's trying to even intentionally doppelgang yeah I mean, that's where a wig, I think. Well, that's kind of the question too. Is I feel like in the the Rube Goldberg, the mousetrap kind of thing of this, I I feel like quite possibly some of these machinations are not like intentionally malicious. Yeah, it, it may be that the solution of this relies on a lot of kind of coincidence and bad luck. And then and then it's probably some definite bad choices, but maybe not like in service of like Kate Wallace, like just more like. Oh shit! When I found out later that you know I did this thing, which maybe like led to you the situation, I'm so fucking sorry. Like I don't know, because I mean I'm I'm still like it's a TV show, so I'm trying to think like what's the what's the way that you make all of us lean in this direction, and you find a believable reason why we, we actually realize mm-hmm. we're looking in the other direction. How, I mean, how do you how do you wrap all this in a bow? I watched one of the the uh you know behind the scenes things or whatever for like the most recent episode yeah, which nice. i'm not gonna talk about that but like uh they're doing that thing where it's clearly like the talking points of just like you will get answers <laughs> it's like okay yeah very freeform marketing but i mean like that really goes back to like what's the first show that really had to be burned with that it was probably the x-files where they were just like boom boom in this sweep sweep episode you're finally gonna get answers until we wreck on this in two seasons yeah well the, it had that part of it but what was the first show where people were like demanding answers? Like I feel lost probably or people. Oh no, no, no. no? Twin peaks. Either I Twin mean peaks. like, okay. Maybe not, maybe not the first show, but like 
as far back as Twin Peaks. I mean, just like when did that were, start becoming a, a thing, like a way that people would watch TV and get annoyed with TV if it didn't provide answers? Well, so there's a lot to this that I won't go into, but like they they had never had any intention of revealing who killed Laura Palmer. Like David Lynch would have been fine going seven seasons with no resolution whatsoever, and ABC was just like, no, 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 no. Halfway through season two, at the latest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, at one point, like, does do the fans have power enough to to push that? And when does the network step in and say, you Gotta know, give mandate? Answers. Yeah, yeah. All right. Was well, that all the questions? That is all the questions that I see. Um, all right. Uh, good episode. Definitely deepens the mystery. Get the other side of the coin a little bit. Yeah, though, I mean, it was kind of interesting that, like, you, you're watching it and you don't realize at first, that, hey, where's Jeanette? You know? And then, like, mm-hmm. she eventually kind of pops up halfway through the episode, like, at the mini mart or whatever. Um, it's it's pretty impressive that they've managed to foreground and background, like, their two leads like that between the episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which opens them up format wise to do whole episodes where like one of them doesn't appear at all. Mm, yeah. You no. Know? And, and I think you get so invested in their world where you, you may not even realize the halfway through. Well, and it, it has the effect of you're watching the different perspectives. And so you might be on a Kate episode and just be like, you know, well, she, you know, in unimpeachable trust, like, you know, how could she possibly be lying? And then maybe you see Jeanette's side of things and suddenly you're kind of more sympathetic to her cause. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always fun when a show does a thing too, where it's like in a fun, interesting way, you realize that this, this episode takes place at the same time as that episode. Not that the show's doing that, but yeah, just like little glimpses that these other characters all exist in the same world. And they look different to each other. Anyway, we like it. I think, I think is the bottom line. We do indeed. We're digging it. We'll be back next week for episode three of the season. Oh, somebody asked of us if we're ever going to get caught up to the air date. I don't know. Maybe. We'll we'll see. We'll see if uh it's possible. But uh, the next episode's called Off with a Bang. Mm-hmm. Uh we did get some reviews. Uh, I just want to say yeah. thanks to uh Natalie Rose 13, Nicole 121519, Lulu 1252, uh DJ Britton, Sarge Mike 68, Safrica, Anavi Schaefer, Left Floods and Loud Noises. And uh, last but not least, Chris Lynn 83 is a little upset with your treatment of Texas. Don't hate in Texas. I'm so sorry, Chris Lynn. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you want to support the podcast, you can leave a review or a rating like that. Also, uh, we uh, wrote a book that you might find interesting if you like these sorts of mysteries. Uh, it's called My Name is Trouble. And there's a sequel, Trouble Also Finds Me. Uh, more info on that on my name is trouble.com. If you want to support the pod, that is the best way to do it. Go buy the book. Yes, I'm going to just add one more thing. Chris Lynn, she points out that there's no basements in Texas. Thank you. No basements in Texas. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Well, we'll be back next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.